Faith has been the theme of our lessons this week at Vacation Bible School. We've walked through the Bible and looked at the power of faith in creation, in people's lives, in redemption, how that faith has been the principle under which God has demanded or required that mankind approach unto Him. In fact, you might not believe this, but I've been preaching on the same thing to the adults, the just shall live by faith, or those that know God and are right with God, they get that way by faith, and they then live their lives by faith. And so I want to read to you a couple verses about a man in the Bible who is known as a man of faith. In Genesis 5.24, this man Enoch is described, and there's not a lot said about him here. All it says is this, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. But now in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, we're given a little bit more information about what that meant in his life. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:5, by faith, Enoch was translated. Now, I'll explain what that means in a moment, young people. He was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God without faith. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's have a word of prayer, young people. Father, I love you tonight. I thank you for what you've done this week. Thank you for the souls that have been saved, the way that you blessed and favored this time. And I pray that you'd use these last few fleeting moments. Lord, I pray if there's some that are lost here, that they would recognize that truth and reality and that they'd come to Christ. And I pray that you'd be glorified in all that we do. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Enoch was a man that lived way, way back in the book of Genesis. He lived in the early days of the history of humanity. And we don't know a lot about his life. We don't know uh, what his hobbies were. We don't know what he enjoyed doing. We know a little bit about the fact we know he was married. We know he had children. We know he he lived for, for a period of time. But the most important thing that God says about Enoch's life is that he walked with God and was not. In other words, he walked with God and then one day... He just wasn't there anymore. The New Testament tells us what this means. The Bible says that God translated him. Now, I don't know if all of you will understand what I mean when I say this, but the word translation, we often think about it with languages. Like if you translated something from English into Spanish or from Chinese into German. And the idea behind translating something is that you change its form, but you don't change its essence. It's still the same thing, but it just appears in a different way or in a different place. So if I was to say something in English translated into Spanish, the idea is I'm saying the same thing, but it's appearing in a different way. Whenever the Bible talks about God translating Enoch, it says that by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Now what that means is that Enoch was a believer. He trusted in the Lord and he walked with God. And one day, God looked at Enoch and said, you know, Enoch, because of your faith in me, I'm not going to require you to have to die to come into my presence. Instead, he was walking along the road one day, and the next thing you knew, he was just, bam, immediately in the presence of God. We could say it this way, that he escaped death. God spared him of death because of his faith in God and because of his walking with God. What an incredible thing that the Bible tells us about this man's life. But you know, the Bible wasn't just written to give us interesting things to read. The Bible was written that it might teach us about God 
and teach us how we are to get to God and how we can have a relationship with God. You know, young person, we haven't this week taught you about faith just so you go home with more facts in your head. We haven't taught you about it just so that you could go home and look at your parents and say, well, hey, I learned a thing. But we've taught you these things because faith is really the most important principle in a human being's life. And more particularly so, having faith in God and having a relationship with God through faith is the most important thing that could ever take place in your life. You see, there's a lot the Bible doesn't tell us about Enoch, but it does tell us the most important thing about him, that he was a man that knew God, that lived for God, And God honored that, and he was spared from death because of his faith in God. In this we have in nutshell, really what it's like today as we place our faith in Christ and come to know God as our personal Savior. I want you to think about three things with me, and then I'll be done. Just three things, and I promise I'll be done, and we'll go have fun at the carnival. Let me say a word tonight first about Enoch's faith. Now, what do we mean when we say faith? That's a word you'll hear all the time. Faith, 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 faith. Got to have faith. Got to believe. Got to have faith in something. But what really is faith? We could probably define faith in this way. It is the real dependence upon something. In other words, uh, if I was talking to adults, I'd define it this way. It's the effectual dependence upon God's word. It is looking at what God says and believing it to be true and responding in the way that you'd expect a person would reasonably respond to. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, We've had storms all week this week. And I noticed that last night we didn't have quite as many kids as we have had the other nights. It's still a great crowd, and God bless, we had one saved. But the first few nights we had more kids. Last night we didn't. I wonder why that is. I bet it's because there were people that they watched the weather. The weatherman came on and said, hey, there's a storm that's coming. You need to stay in. You need to be safe. You need to not venture out and not put yourself in danger. And here's what they did. They put their faith in what the weatherman said. And I'm not saying that in a critical way. I'm just saying that's an example of of faith. He said, it's dangerous out. Don't go out. And they said, okay, I believe he's right. So I'm going to stay in. In fact, all of us, to some degree or another, exercise faith in our daily life. You have come tonight and you're excited because you believe we're going to have a carnival. You didn't realize it's all just an elaborate prank and as soon as I'm done, we're just going to send you home. You really believed we were going to have a carnival, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have a carnival. Don't look at me like that. Of course, we're going to have a carnival. You came here tonight excited because we said, hey, we're going to have this carnival night and have all kinds of games and fun things. And you say, well, I believe what Brother Kerry says. I believe what Brother Toby says. And you've come tonight expecting that to happen. See, faith is believing someone's words and responding in the right way in light of those things. What does the Bible say about Enoch? The Bible says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, Enoch lived in a very wicked day. The Bible says in in, in Enoch's day that the imagination of every man's thought was only evil continually. All men did was sit around thinking about wicked things to do and wicked ways to live. But Enoch looked at his life and he said, you know, there's a God that created all things. You learned that this week in Hebrews chapter 11. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Enoch looked at it and Enoch wasn't there when the world was created. 
but he believed God's word that, that the world had been created by God. He believed that there was a God and he believed he was going to have to answer to that God one day. And he made the decision in his life. He said, I could live my life to please men, but instead I'm going to live my life to please God. Now, I want to be very, very clear, young people. There's no amount of good works we do that gets us to God or gets us to heaven. But Enoch's decisions in his life were proof of a faith that he had deep down that God existed, that God was right, and that he should do everything he can to please God with his life. Now, there are some differences between the kind of faith Enoch had and the kind of faith that we have today. We know a lot more about who God is and what God has done and what God wants of us. And we understand that in it, that we cannot, as sinners, get ourselves to God. No amount of good works can erase our bad works and that there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor or to earn God's salvation. But God has done something for us we couldn't do for ourselves. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary to pay our sin debt. And now we know that the only way to please God is to put our faith in Jesus Christ and accept Him as our Savior. But all of it, whether there's a difference in means or in method, it all comes down to the same essential thing. It's an exercise of of faith. There are all kinds of people in the world today that believe that you get to heaven by being a good person or doing good things. Here's what they're saying. They're saying, I don't have to trust God to get me there. I can do good things and trust the good things I've done to get me there. But that wasn't how Enoch lived. Enoch instead said to himself, I'm going to answer to God one day and I want to please God and I want to find out what will satisfy God and make me right with God. The Bible goes on to describe it a little more in detail. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And this is what Enoch believed. I want you to listen carefully. For he that cometh to God. And Enoch had done that. Some of you have done that this week. We've had four that have made professions of faith in Christ this week. Why did you do that? Well, because you believe what God's word said. That the word of God said you were a sinner. That Jesus died for you. That you couldn't save yourself. You came to God. How did you do that? You did that by faith. For he that cometh to God must believe a couple things. You listen. Number one, must believe that he is. You've got to believe God exists to come to God. You've got to believe that God exists to come and want to be made right with Him. You've got to believe that one day you're going to have to stand before Him and give an account for your life and what you've done and the choices that you've made. Enoch said, one day I'm going to answer to God. But then notice this. He also believed this, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Here's what Enoch believed. God is interested in me. God loves me. God cares about me. He also believed that God was a just God. That, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. In other words, that come to God the way that God wants to be approached. He believed that God would honor that and would respond to that. Young person, listen, if you're here lost tonight, if I could not get you to understand anything else, I hope you do understand this, that God is real, that you're going to have to meet Him one day, and that the choice you make about Jesus Christ in your life right now determines how you're going to meet Him. But He is a just God, and if you'll come to Him based on what Jesus did on Calvary, then He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, that seek Him the right way. He will honor that, He will forgive you, He will save you, and He will change your life. I see Enoch's faith in this passage. But then I also notice Enoch's forgiveness. The Bible says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now the Bible teaches us that God is a holy God. God doesn't just look at sin and say, well, a little sin's okay, but a lot of sin is really bad. The Bible teaches that God is a holy God and any sin is a transgression or a trespass is an offense unto Him. Nowhere does the Bible tell us Enoch was not a sinner. Of course he was a sinner because all of us are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. But here's what Enoch believed. Enoch believed that though he could not save himself, and though he could not do good works that would make up for his bad works, that if he would come to God believing God's promise, that if he repented and believed in the Lord and approached unto Him, that God was a loving, gracious, forgiving God. And here's what the Bible says. He had this testimony that he pleased God. In other words, God looked at Enoch and said, Okay, Enoch, I accept how you've approached to me, and I forgive you. I pardon you. I cleanse you. You know, young person, the most important thing you can do in your life is make sure you're right with God. There's a lot of people you can be wrong with, and you'll survive. In fact, you'll find that if you're a person of principle in your life, if you live by your convictions, you'll often be wrong with a lot of people. There'll be a lot of people who have a problem with the way that you live, and that's okay. You're not going to please everyone, and the person that tries to please everyone simply pleases no one, including the Lord and including themselves. But I'll tell you this, young person, you better make sure that you're right with God. You might say, well, preacher, I think I'm probably right with God. I'm a pretty good kid. Well, the Bible doesn't say be a pretty good kid and you'll be right with God. You might say, well, Brother Toby, I think I'm right with God because one time I I got baptized and, and that probably means I'm okay with God. No, the Bible doesn't say to get right with God that you get baptized. I'm for baptizing people. We have a baptistry in our church. I've baptized tons of people. But nowhere does the Bible say that getting baptized makes you right with God. Uh, you might say, well, preacher, I'll just do my best. I'll just do my very best and God will have to accept that. The Bible tells us that we're not saved by works of righteousness, which we have done. The Bible says by grace are you saved through faith and not of works. There's no amount of good works that you can do. So here's the here's the key question, young person. How do I get right with God? There's only one simple way. And I love it. You know, I was 10 years old when I got saved. My wife, she was 6 years old when she got saved. I'm glad this doesn't have to be real complicated. The Bible makes it real, real simple. If we're willing to confess that we're a sinner, can't save ourselves, And if we're willing to come to God by faith and ask Him to forgive us based on the fact that Jesus paid our sin debt when He died on the cross and rose from the dead and so He can forgive us and save us, if we'll ask Him to forgive us and save us, He will. The Bible says it this way in the book of Romans, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why did Enoch have forgiveness? He had called upon the Lord. He had made up his mind. He didn't want to die having pleased everyone else but not having pleased God. He'd rather please God. And, you know, an interesting thing, I want you to notice, uh, the Bible says because this, he did not see death. Now, the Bible's talking about like physical death. He didn't physically die. But did you know the Bible describes a person dying without Christ as not just one death, but the Bible calls it the second death. In other words, we're all born sinners, lost and dead in our sins. And we have a heart that beats within us and lungs that breathe within us And some of you even have brains that work. But at the end of the day, though you may be breathing and walking and living physically, you can be spiritually dead. Now, Enoch, he didn't die physically, but it was because he had already put his faith in God and God had given him life spiritually. I'm not telling you if you get saved that you'll never physically die. Of course, death is something that we all experience. But I am saying this, you may have to die the first death, but you don't have to die the second death. And just like Enoch, because he placed his faith in God, he was spared from death. You too can be spared from dying in your sins and going to hell. I see his faith. I see his forgiveness. But then notice this, and you won't believe me, young people, but I'm I'm almost done. I just have one more thing I want to talk about. And that's Enoch's fellowship. Now, what is fellowship? I remember hearing somebody give me, this is a goofy definition, but I guess it works because it's always stuck with me. So what's fellowship? Well, it's like two fellows in a ship. What would they do? they just sit around talking to each other, right? And fellowship is spending time with each other. What does the Bible say about Enoch? The Bible says Enoch walked with God. 
Now, whether that means that God physically appeared to Enoch and he walked with him, I, I tend to think that's not what it means. I tend to think instead what it means is that spiritually he walked with God. He fellowshiped with God. He prayed to God. He listened to God as God spoke to him and dealt with him in his life. And his priority was to make sure that his relationship with God was what it ought to be. I'll tell you something, young person. I've been telling the adults this all week. Faith is not just something that gets you to Christ. It does get you to Christ. Faith is not just for salvation. It, it is the way that we approach to God and receive salvation. But faith is supposed to be the normal principle for the Christian from the day they get saved throughout the rest of their life. Now, your salvation, if you believe in the Lord, is instantaneous. It's immediate and it's complete. And you never have to worry about losing that salvation. But that does not mean that the rest of our life should not be spent by faith walking with God. Of course it should. That same verse that we quoted earlier, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, is followed immediately after it in verse 10 by saying, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which we were before ordained to walk therein. In other words, God saved you. Praise the Lord. But that's not the end of your relationship with God. That should be the beginning of it. Can I tell you what's destroying our country? Christians not walking with God. Can I tell you why a lot of young people don't make it? And here's what I mean by that. They grow up. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're saved. They grow up. They spend a little time in church. They get to be teenagers. They get out of church. They get distracted. They get jobs. They get boyfriends, girlfriends. They get hobbies. And then all of a sudden, they're just not interested in the things of God anymore. You know why that is? Because they weren't walking with God. Funny thing about it, if you don't spend time with people, you drift apart from them. That's true of anything in life. I mean, most people, it, 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 your best friend today, if you didn't talk to him for five years, you wouldn't be close to him after that. And the fact is, young person, the thing that made Enoch so remarkable was not just his faith in God and his forgiveness from God, but his fellowship with God. He walked with God. What does that suggest? Well, a couple simple things and then we'll pray. Enoch said, the whole world's walking that way, but God's walking this way. And I don't want to walk the way the world does. If I'm going to walk with God, I'm going to have to walk in a different direction than the world was going. You remember what I said earlier about that time? It was a time when the imagination of every man's heart was only evil continually. In other words, men were going the wrong way. They were going down the tube. And Enoch said, I don't want to go that way. I want to go the right way. I want to walk with God. Young person, if you're going to walk with God, you're not going to go the way the world does. You're not going to do what they do. You're not going to wear what they wear. You're not going to talk like they talk. You're not going to go the places they go. I just, I have a sincere question for every saved person in this room, from the youngest on up to us adults sitting here. Are we walking with God day by day? Do we pray? Do we talk to Him? Do we listen to Him when He speaks through His Word? Are we more concerned with pleasing Him than we are with pleasing those around us or pleasing ourselves? Enoch was a remarkable person because he cared more about what God thought of his life than he did what anyone else thought. Young person, I want you to be somebody like Enoch. And that begins by accepting Christ as your Savior by faith. But it does not end there. It continues through a walk of faith day by day. Here's what you need to do if you're here tonight. Listen. The bounce house ain't going nowhere. The dunk tank ain't going nowhere. The, the, the cotton candy, the snow cones, the nacho, they ain't going nowhere. But young person, here in a few moments, this service is going to be over. And your opportunity to come to Christ in this moment on this night will be passed. And so here's what I want for you to do. If you sitting there would have to say honestly before God, you know, preacher, I don't, I don't know that I'm saved. I've been here. I've listened to everything they've said. But if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want you here in a few moments when I ask that question, I want you to raise your hand and let somebody pray with you. 
because it's the most important thing that you'll ever do. And some of you that are saved, and I hope that you are, I'd love it if every person here was already saved. That'd bless my heart. But ask yourself this question, am I really walking with God on a daily basis? And here in a few moments when I pray, I want you to talk to the Lord about that. I want you to be honest with God about that. I want you to let Him have your heart and let Him speak to you honestly. Let's all bow our heads this evening. Uh, We're going to have a word of prayer. And then I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Father, bless this invitation. May it glorify the Lord Jesus. We ask it in His name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask you this question, young person. Are you one of those I was talking about a moment ago? If you died right now, you don't know where you'd go. I'm talking about do you know whether you're saved or not? Can you say 100% for sure, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Young person, if you can't say that, if you don't know that you're saved, would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you? I see one hand right there. Who else is there that say, Brother Toby, I'm not sure that I'm saved, but I'd like to be. I'd like to be. You just slip your hand up right where you're at, and somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder. They want to pray with you. They're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. They just want to pray with you. So you just slip out with them and let them have a word of prayer with you. I want to ask you this question, young person. How many of you that are saved would say, Brother Toby, I know I'm saved, but if I'm honest, man, I've not been living for the Lord. I've let things in my life that shouldn't be in my life my attitude, my actions, my friends, some things. And God just really dealt with me. I've not been walking with Him the way that I should. And God God dealt with my heart about it. Please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? I see that hand and that one and that one all over the room. Young person, the most important thing you can do this week, if you're already saved, is get serious with the Lord. That's what a lot of people need, man. They just need to get serious about it. They just need to get real about their walk with God. I'm going to pray for you, young person. And uh, I want you to take this time to pray and talk to the Lord. Father, I'm so thankful. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done this week. I'm thankful for how you've worked in hearts and in lives. And Lord, I just pray that right now these kids that are being dealt with, that you'd settle this matter in their heart. If they're lost, I pray you'd show them that they're lost, show them their need of Christ, and make it clear and simple and plain to them. Lord, in a way that I don't have the ability to do, I pray that you'd work in their heart. And Lord, these that have raised their hand, that they're, that they're burdened because they've not been taking this thing of walking with you as seriously as they should. I pray, Lord, that, that tonight they get serious, that even in this moment as I'm speaking, they'd be talking to you, getting that matter settled. Lord, you're so good. You're so gracious to us. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you will do. Lord, I pray that you bless the remainder of our time together.